0: The date is Friday, January 14th, and you're listening to Entertain This, a thought-provoking podcast encapsulating all things entertainment. On this episode, we're discussing yet another Netflix original movie entitled Don't Look Up. It's a star-studded film where the audience is taken on an all too real ride through current events and impending catastrophes, shown in a slightly comedic light. So enjoy.
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the only show on the internet encapsulating all things entertainment entertain this.
0: <laughs> is
1: he okay? No. No. Okay. Just making sure. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, that, threw off, <laughs> that threw off all the that's momentum. Just, yeah, yeah. Mission accomplished. All right. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, hey, have you guys heard about in the news that new Nicolas Cage movie is coming out? I, no, I'm not. It's called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, I believe. And oh, shit. Is, uh, Nicolas Cage plays Nicolas Cage. It's a story of Nicolas Cage. Yeah, that's right. There was a trailer for that at No Way Home. Yeah, we did see No Way Home, Mm -hmm. and I will talk about that in great detail in a a couple of years when the snipers are off my back.
0: (laughs) The (laughs) (laughs) spoilers. All I wanted to say was that Spider Man. (laughs)
1: Did you guys get the inside meta joke that my cold open was the fact that I didn't have a cold open ready and that was the whole cold, o- cold open was me pretending I didn't have a cold open? I'm I was very satisfied. It was okay, I guess. Anyway, I'm Alex. I'm Michael. And I'm Nick. And usually I do that before the cold open, but that wouldn't have played right. So, let's get right into the show. Okay, let's go. <laughs> I did that TikTok sound uh, before we started the show, and it got no response from my co-hosts, and I think it's because neither of them are familiar with it. Nope. But I think some of you out there would. Some of you out there just had a little turtle a little moment. Yeah, my brain has been my brain has been nose. like
2: completely enveloped by piggy dipping. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is like piggy dipping. <laughs> piggy dipping in the piggy pond. <laughs>
1: That's like my brain is just like toes in the water. <laughs> little thoughts toes in the
2: water. <laughs> That's like my brain is just like on repeat for that over and over and over again. I love that. That's incredible. Um TikTok memes. I bet they're fun.
1: You, you know, TikTok memes are fun. And I told you, Nick, you need to get on TikTok because there are famous train people nah. on there who do nothing but follow around trains mm-hmm. and make TikToks about them. And they have like these funny cameras to make their faces look weird. Yeah. Anyway, uh, our rotation <laughs> changed up. Michael went last week, and this week it uh the the torches passed so gently to me, uh, mm-hmm. in our rotation. And next week it will be Nick. And I repeat this over and over at the beginning of each year, just so that you guys don't have emotional whiplash about mm-hmm. whose episode is what. Um, we do a little clock rotation mm-hmm. every year. So now I'm Demido boy. Yeah. I'm Demento. You're not
2: taking crazy I'm pills. D- we're we're doing
1: different stuff. We're doing different stuff. So this week's my week, uh, and I have a topic for you guys. It's a little, it's a little relevant. Uh, sometimes we talk about stuff from way back when, in the olden days. Sometimes we talk about stuff from you know our childhood. Sometimes um, we talk about stuff that maybe we saw a couple years ago. Rarely, I find, do we talk about things that literally just came out? I can think of maybe a couple mm-hmm. of examples of times we did. But this, what I'm gonna talk about today, um it it came out on December twenty-third of twenty twenty one. So we're talking days ago. Yeah. Like like within the last two weeks, this thing hit shelves, hit hit the market. Um, it is a Netflix original movie, which I think that uh an end com should totally be a thing. Like a decom <laughs> yeah. was. Oh
2: some of my favorite movies of all time are DCom.
1: Yeah, DCOMs. I guess this would... Oh my God, it's a Netflix original movie, mm-hmm. so it's it's a nom. Yeah. Nom.
0: <laughs> Netflix original. Yeah, that'd work. It's a nom. A nom. I like um, that.
1: But this, uh, this is a movie that a lot of people were hyped about. We're going to get into why, but we're going to be talking about the Netflix movie Don't Look Up today. Mm. Can I look up? Don't look up. That's your challenge. Don't look up for the entirety of... Don't look me in the eye when I talk. It makes me feel uh, like I'm in danger mm-hmm. and I will panic and flee. <laughs>
0: Alex fled. Damn it. I was going to use my master ball too. We I'm
1: need sorry. to get into the logic of Pokemon's because I'm pretty sure that people are Pokemon's and you can totally catch them. And that brings up this whole thing of Pokemon where like people can totally. Pokemon Stockholm People syndrome. can kidnap other people using master balls. Mm-hmm. And I hate that. Like just as a concept Uh oh it's not good (laughs) anyway let's get into this so it's a problem over the last decade and especially the last couple of years a thought has entered the minds of the general populace um and i think you guys will agree that at some point this has entered your mind at least once and it's how much longer can we as a civilization go on i mean we've been around for thousands and thousands of years you know starting with like homo sapiens and if that's what you believe in or you know uh it's it's all like it feels like we've been going on as a human race for so long and human memory and history seems to encapsulate all time because it's all that we've ever known and this isn't a concept uh a new concept by any means this idea of an armageddon scenario has been tossed around since humans gained the ability of critical thinking Uh, but as we continue to evolve as a species and technology advances lead us into a new way of thinking and a new way of life what was once a hypothetical has gained a, a shocking and scary amount of supportive evidence but with that technology and scientific study we have also gained insight Uh, And a sort of pseudo-precognition that comes with uh, technology and its many implications on our lives. Mm -hmm. And uh, from studying what has happened in the past, we're able to discern how things might happen in the future. Uh, We love to say on this show that history doesn't repeat itself. It rhymes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. if we know what happened in the past, then we kind of know what to avoid for the future. But do we do it? (laughs) Not always. But, for example, we were able to discover that a giant meteor crashed into the Earth and it led to the Ice Age and the extinction of dinosaurs and so on and so forth. It was a a global event that happened because of this giant meteor that crashed. And with that in mind, we are constantly looking to the sky for oncoming threats. And uh, we have several contingency plans if one were ever to truly threaten us, though a lot of scientists would argue that for those contingency plans to go into place it would take a number of years like if we had decided there's an like a let's say a meteor coming for example it would take a big it would take two to three years to build a rocket that would be big enough to get it off course of earth and if we don't discover it until say six months before it's going to hit us what really can we do
0: yeah, orbital mechanics are are a complex thing. Um, I used to, I don't know if you guys know this, but I play a game called Kerbal Space Program, I so I know a so thing or two about. I was so
1: scared that Nick was going to miss this episode, <laughs> yeah. and I knew that he would have so much to say on it.
0: There's physics yeah. going on here, and I don't know them all, but what I do know is that the earlier you catch an object moving towards Earth that's in Earth's gravity field or something, that's that's when it's easiest mm-hmm. to push off off of its course because if it's too close, think of it like a gravity well. You've seen mm-hmm. those yeah, like yeah. with the the funnel things at the mall where you put the penny in. Let's imagine an asteroid's way out there. Then it's easier yeah. to push away, but if it gets too close, then it's like it's going to yeah. hit Earth. So I mean, if the weights one hundred,
2: <laughs> if the weights one hundred, gravity's one, one hundred times one is one hundred. But if it's like a 1, thousand hundred miles away or something. Gravity's now like point zero one. Now it's now the weight's one. Yeah, gravity's a yeah. universal law. Guys,
1: war. our genius is showing. <laughs> 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 Where? If we've learned anything over the past two years now, specifically, it isn't as simple as uh, it isn't as simple to avoid calamity as we may think, um, or to avoid just a, a general threat to the human populace. Uh, the ever growing world of politics and personal perspective makes it even more difficult and makes even the most obvious of solutions somehow negotiable question mark uh even if the benefits are right in front of people everything is debatable which is terrifying yeah (laughs) very much
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) i don't want to comment too much on it but yeah
1: so, with all that in mind, that is the world that we explore in Adam McKay's new Netflix movie. Don't look up. So, sit back, relax, breathe, and entertain this. Oh, okay, shit, I looked up. Sam says stop. <laughs> and you looked up. I looked up. Got him. <laughs> Send him home. Hit the lockers. Could you look it up? <laughs> <laughs> so, mm-hmm. let's talk about Adam McKay because d- do you guys know who Adam McKay is? Even Zero. if you don't, you probably do. Yeah, probably. No idea. Okay, well let me fill you in. Was he on MythBusters? That's <laughs> <laughs> Adam Savage. <laughs> no, that's a dip. That's a different Adam. <laughs> so from the pop culture classic creator. Uh, he created such things as Talladega Nights, Ooh. Step Brothers, Ooh. The Big Short, <laughs> even Anchorman, Ooh, and a sequel Anchorman, too. Adam McKay was the lead creative force behind all of those cult classics. Yeah.
2: So, like, a Adam lot McKay, of just, like, Will Ferrell... Comedy movies. He and, <laughs> so, okay, well, let's
1: talk about that for a second. So he and Will Ferrell were best of buds, and he literally casted Will Ferrell in everything. Mm-hmm. Until recently, him and Will Ferrell actually had a falling out.
2: How do you have a falling out with Will Ferrell? He's yeah. elf. <clears throat> How does even?
1: I don't know if you know this know. or not, but Will Ferrell is a huge fan of basketball. Um, I think specifically the Celtics. Uh Boston Celtics okay. and I believe it was the Celtics but that might be incorrect um, but he was uh, casted to play one of the great head coaches of the Celtics in an upcoming movie in an upcoming biopic um, and everybody who saw the casting was like anyone who was fans of this team they were like Will Farrell can't play this guy he doesn't look anything like Will Farrell literally this doesn't make any <laughs> sense for casting so uh Adam McKay replaced Will ferrell with none other than John C. Riley. <laughs> oh, oh, oh
0: does it work though? Does it work better?
1: <laughs> and didn't tell Will Farrell uh, because he was waiting to let him know in person. And John C. Riley let it slip before uh before Adam McKay could get to Will Farrell. So Will Farrell heard it through the grapevine that he had lost this part that he really wanted to none other than John C. Riley.
2: Yeah, that's, that's like finding that out that your girlfriend treated on you with your brother. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, Will Ferrell does not make a
1: cameo in this movie, but um, Adam McKay did bring us a star-studded two-and-a-half-hour screw-you to anyone who doesn't trust science. So I'm in on that. Yeah, I'm all in, baby. Give me all of it. The cast list alone would rationalize this movie's $75 million budget, which is big but isn't the hugest budget when it comes to a movie mm-hmm. 75 million is like a drop in the bucket compared to these like billion dollar blockbuster movies but let's just mm. talk about who's in this movie because we're talking leonardo dicaprio yeah we're talking jennifer lawrence mm-hmm. uh we're talking Kate blanchett We're talking Ariana Grande makes an appearance. We're talking Timothy Mm. Chalamet is up in this mother. We're talking, uh, you know, Oscar award winner Meryl Streep is in this movie. And playing her son is Jonah Hill, who is up in this jive. All right. We're talking Ron (laughs) Perlman, that guy who looks like every orangutan you've ever seen. Oh boy. And Tyler Perry is up in this house. Gotcha. The list goes on. This is a this star a studded cast. Like, we haven't seen a movie this star studded since like Valentine's Day, where I'm pretty <laughs> sure Taylor Swift gets like whisked away by Zach Efron, maybe. I don't know. I never saw it. Yeah. I think there's another one in that same exact like umbrella. <laughs> it's like Holiday. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's
2: like the Holiday movies. It's and like, then there's there's New, like Year's, New Year's yep. Day. I saw New Year's in theaters with a girl a long time ago, and God, it was
1: that was a bad first date. Yep. And I doubt you had a second. Exactly. <laughs> A movie really can ruin a relationship oh, if it's that yeah. bad. Oh, yeah. Poor Michael. <laughs> so th- this this cast is huge. Now, the big question is, does the script support the need for such a heavy cast? I mean, these people are, you know, classically trained actors who have won uh, between them a number of different awards. You know, they're very talented. They're hard to get a hold of. So what in this script did they read and go, yes, I want to do this? So the story has two main protagonists. We followed through the span of about four months or about six months that this movie takes place in. To be exact, it takes place over a span of six months and 14 days. Exactly. Okay. The reason I know that is because it's a very specific plot point that we're working with. Mm. Um, the first of our two protagonists is a uh, girl named Kate Debaski, I believe I am pronouncing that right. Um, and she sure. is an astronomy grad student who is played by Jennifer Lawrence. Dope. dope. You know, of Hunger Games <laughs> fame. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can see that. So one night, while looking in deep space, Kate discovers a movement that has previously gone undocumented. And this is huge because this is the discovery of a new comet of some kind. And the exciting thing is, if you are an astronomer and you discover a new comet, you get to name it. And everyone's like, Find these namesies. All, all of her, you know, fellow students are like patting her on the back and they're having drinks and they're partying because they just made a historical <laughs> discovery with this comet. Um, <laughs> no. And she chooses to name it after herself. So she names it the uh, Oski comet right
0: yeah rolls right off the tongue i named it
2: something silly rolls
1: yeah. off the tongue
2: that's right
0: if i had a comment i named it something mm. really silly i don't know what it would be yeah i be would funny. just have
2: like a like <laughs> one of those voice interpolators that can like tell what words you're saying i just like put peanut butter on the roof of my dog's mouth and just see what it comes up with <laughs> 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 Yeah. All right, great name. I'd name it <laughs> I'd name a comet Duck.
1: <laughs> duck. Yeah. Hey, look, it's Duck. Wow.
2: <laughs> duck. He got it. There it is. <laughs>
1: We're funny. Um Slow flying. so you know, what, what's the next step if you're an astronomy student and you've discovered a brand new comet? You're gonna contact your professor of astronomy. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the professor, True. our second protagonist, is Dr. Randall Mindy, who is played by Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, recent uh, award recipient of an Oscar. That meme died a while, a little bit ago, because he finally got his Oscar for being eaten by a bear. We're very excited Mm -hmm. for him Mm -hmm. here on Entertain This, for that reason. (laughs) And, you know, of course, he's stoked about the new discovery, um... And, you know, them getting to name it and cementing themselves in astronomy history. That's huge, you know? Mm -hmm. In their excitement, um, Dr. Randall Mindy starts crunching numbers just to, like, you know, track its orbital patterns and see how close it's going to get to Earth. When suddenly he discovers that the comet is going on a direct collision course with Earth. And they have about six months, to be exact, 16 months or six months and 14 days um, Mm -hmm. before this comet hits.
0: And assuming it's a pretty big comet, right?
1: It's a pretty big comet. We'll get into exactly how big.
0: Enough to make a dent. Yeah. So that
1: begs the question that I want to ask you guys, um, because it's an interesting thought, you know, an interesting thought scenario, is if you were the only person on Earth who knew that a mass extinction event was coming, what would you do? Don't know how you figured it out, but somehow you alone have gained the knowledge, oh my God, the planet's ending, you know it to be 100% true, what's your next step?
0: Um, I, I want to say that I'd find a way to help out, but knowing that I'm, I am who I am and I really don't have any skills that could help stop a comet... Um, <laughs> I guess you just panic. <laughs> what else can you do?
1: Okay, so Nick's panicking yeah, 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 for yeah. six months. <laughs> he says six nothing. Months? He, oh, just, just six months? he just has a mental break <laughs> yeah. and is hospitalized. <laughs> and then he... I do all the drugs I could. Okay, <laughs> so the world's ending. You start doing drugs. I'm into that. It's like, whatever. Oh,
0: I'm going to die. No. I mean, if, if, if it was for sure going to end in six months, then it's like, well, I guess I better make good with the... A whole bunch of people because they're going to die with me and i want to be you know good with them when i, when I go to the afterlife but are whatever. you gonna
1: like tell go them or are you gonna be like hey the world's ending
0: i probably yeah but then they'd be like come on okay come on you're, you're doing that a thing, in itself right? is an
1: interesting movie <laughs> if like one person knew the world was ending and no matter who they told nobody believed them and so they just like because <laughs> who would exactly
0: you got the proofs in the pudding you got to look up in the telescope and be Don't like look oh, up. there's yeah. a comet all right Don't look up. <laughs> <laughs> i didn't look up yet
2: Michael, what about you? Yeah, I'd I'd tell someone. Like if I knew absolutely for sure, I would tell someone. But then from there, it's like, all right, I guess now I'm gonna go see the world, go live my but life. Who do you tell?
1: I don't fucking know.
2: Blackjack. Yeah. Okay, well the world's no. ending. Make a decision. Who do you tell, <laughs> uh, Michael? I would call Obama.
1: Pressure. Who are you telling? Who are you call? You're calling who? <laughs> Ghostbusters. Did you he say Obama? In all seriousness, <laughs> no. you have Obama's phone number to just call him? I got a up. That'd be pretty neat. You have a hookup for the no longer president Barack Obama <laughs> in hopes that he can stop the comment with, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> the lower the, taxes the maybe? That. <laughs> that he doesn't have the power to do anymore? Or maybe he does. Nah, nah, was, nah. Office I, of the I, president? I don't,
2: I don't know. I would probably i don't even know who i would contact uh, uh, isn't
1: it why that like, like best case you? scenario for the three of us is to call 911 <laughs> yeah. and be like yeah police <laughs> there's a the comic coming Someone? help <laughs> and just like pass the buck on to like actual uniformed authority instead <laughs> is that's nuts that that's like the best we can do
0: what do you even what do you even do like six months and 14 days you know the world's gonna end like, what does anything you do matter at that? Well, point? Well, you don't
1: know for sure that the world's <laughs> going to end. You just know a comet's coming, and you have six months to figure it out. Oh, I, I thought you just said a cataclysmic yeah, 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 event would in six well, months. Well, you know it's going to happen in six months if you do nothing. Ooh, that's the question. I feel yeah, if like
0: it's, if
2: it's a comet, then I can get. NASA I don't know. On my I feel side, like if, if if like, we hey, have six you, months to do something,
1: <laughs> I'm just going to get in the way. Like I'm not smart enough. I'm not yeah, qualified. But, you, but you're the only person who knows. So at the very least, you have to start that domino effect. I
0: don't know. Yeah, I just have
2: to tell I, people. I, who yeah, that's
0: who do you tell? NASA? They How have, do you get I in
2: contact have, with NASA? I've been to space camp um
1: okay well <laughs> michael has an so there we go that's our six degrees of separation from from nasa is we just need to if i know a meteor's is no, coming i contact michael michael contacts his his space camp counselor and the space camp counselor <laughs> contacts probably a janitor and then the janitor contacts nasa
2: no honestly though i have uh i just learned actually yesterday that one of my coworkers, his dad is one of the lead engineers at a division at nasa so hey
1: that's my end Fuck you. Okay, sweet. So we have a way. If we ever find out that a comet's coming for whatever reason, no one else reports it. We go to Michael. Michael goes to his coworker. His coworker goes to his dad. His dad probably goes to a janitor. And then the janitor goes to NASA. And that's what we know. The chief administrator. But let's talk about what they do. Okay. So the first step for Randall and Kate is to bring it to the attention of NASA nasa's nasa has plans nasa's for this. planetary defense coordination office space force also known as the yes. p d c o kind of like space different. force but different yeah. not so much about fighting aliens more about fighting asteroids um this isn't actually a joke that they wrote in to this there is an actual real thing that i found on nasa's website that talks about the pdco um it's a big deal So, so this is what I this is what I found on the NASA website. Um, The uh, near it says near Earth objects (NEOs) are asteroids or comets that orbit the sun, like. The planets, but their orbit can bring them into Earth's neighborhood within 30 million miles of Earth's orbit. Mm-hmm. Planetary defense is applied planetary science to address the NEO impact hazard. NASA established the Planetary Defense Coord- Coordination Office, also known as the PDCO, to manage its ongoing mission of planetary defense. Yes, yeah,
2: so that seems like Take a, a, a good, good first to person to go talk to
1: sure that's a great first person to go talk to if you know how to talk to him and we're gonna go through your friend's dad um so the pdco does the following it provides early detection of potential hazardous objects phos a lot of abbreviations in this company um the subs
0: it's the government do you expect anything different point
1: (laughs) the subset of neos who orbits Uh, whose orbits predict that they will come within 5 million miles of Earth's orbits and of a large enough size, we're talking 30 to 50 meters um, to cause significant damage to Earth. That's what they care about. Um, They also, that's
0: a pretty wide swath. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So they also uh, track and characterize PHOs and issue warnings about possible effects of potential impacts. Um, So, you know, they see an asteroid, they study it, and they're like, here's what's probably going to happen with this. So they're the ones who are going to be like, if we go to them, we're like, we know there's an asteroid coming. They're going to be the ones who are like, hey, this is going to kill us all. That's their job. Um, Mm -hmm. They study strategies and technologies for mitigating PHO impact. So they're the ones who are like, we got to build a fucking rocket. We're going to have to blow this thing to smithereens. Uh, And finally, they play a lead role in coordinating U.S. government planning for responses to an actual impact threat so that's their whole jive is if the world's about to end because of an asteroid the pdco does not get to take a vacation like they're gonna fight tooth and nail till the end
0: yeah and building a rocket isn't the only uh way of pushing an asteroid out of the way there's also i think they were trying to build a laser Mm -hmm. that lazed the asteroid and then it created like a really hot jet of plasma that pushed Ooh. the asteroid. Oh,
1: okay, cool. They weren't turning the that's asteroid into like a large oozing ball of plasma that's now coming for us though, because that would Dude, be bad. That'd be a lot of energy. <laughs> that'd be
0: that'd be a lot of energy. That'd so. be bad.
1: <laughs> um, so truthfully, in my hours of Googling, I did panicked after watching this movie, I found very little that this team has actually had to do thus far, other than tracking. That we um, know of. <laughs> That we know of. Uh, We all... They're not going to tell you about the We all might kind of remember maybe a meteor that may have been in course to collide with Earth that was maybe in the news over the past couple years. I think I remember this. Vaguely, vaguely, I remember this being a thing. Um, But I found no evidence of that actually existing online, so this might be a Mandela effect. Um, A Mandela effect. Correct. Might (laughs) not have actually happened. But... A lot of news sources do report asteroids coming um, within like 300 million miles of Earth's orbit as though they're going to collide with Earth literally all the time. They're like headline NASA's currently tracking an asteroid that is coming close within Earth's orbit and by closely mean 300 million thousand miles. (laughs) That happens literally all the time, but it means nothing. So there's. It's like three times the
0: distance from the moon, I think.
1: There's threateningly no evidence that anything has ever been on its way to Earth currently. As Michael said, that we know of. Dun dun. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> so realistically, things hit Earth from space all the time. 500 meteorites hit earth every year but less than 10 of them are actually recovered due to some landing in the ocean some landing in irrecoverable remote parts of the globe and some just because we don't see where they fall and we don't care to go find them Mm. like could be Mm -hmm. in somebody's backyard we just don't care because they're not that big of a deal things hit earth all the time and it's not a big deal Mm -hmm. all in all this results to this is a little scary Fifteen thousand tons of material landing on earth each year um but you know it's literally the kind of drop in a bucket scenario where it's a drop and it's going to fill the bucket eventually about 15 tons a year which is a lot
0: <laughs> um i'd like to see how much we're actually losing into space but you know that yeah i mean how many tons are going up how many tons are coming we keep back?
1: sending them up we keep wasting it um <laughs> now, now these What's the these five hundred meteorites do not compare at all, uh, and I believe you asked this, Nick, to the movie's nine kilometer, which is five point six mile, across planet killer that is coming for Earth in Don't Look Up.
0: That's uh, that's enough. <laughs> Huge,
1: it is the size of Mount Everest. In Don't Look Up, that Ooh. is what they're facing. That is big.
0: But in the in the size of the space, you know, realm that we're talking about, Earth is like way bigger than that. And yet, something only five miles across can smack into your planet and wipe out that everything. Is correct. So have fun.
1: That is scary and correct. So our, our two astronomers, they discuss with this specialized team and that discussion lands them in the waiting room of the Oval Office, awaiting a meeting with the president of the United States, because that's, of course, the next step in your plan. After discussing, you need to go to the president and be like, all right, here's what we know. Yeah. What are we going to do? Got to call Obama. Um, but <laughs> after several Obama. after several hours of waiting, our two astronomers are told, sorry, guys, doesn't look like it's happening today uh, because the president's just too busy. And they, you know, get sent to uh, to hotels by the chief of staff, who is also the president's son, who is named Jason, who is also Jonah Hill. <laughs> <laughs> I, I uh, saw like one
2: picture of Jonah Hill from this movie and please tell me if this is a correct observation of him he looks like one of the biggest jackasses i've ever seen just looks like a complete he, yes that is correct because okay.
1: he is a huge jackass i should stop now and just say hey spoilers for don't look up if you didn't think that that was coming um <laughs> i've already spoiled the first i think 15 minutes of the movie no, for you fine. so my bad but if you don't want to know anymore stop listening now and then maybe come back when you're done watching it that's like saying um, that like
2: saying the snippet of a book on the back cover is a spoiler.
1: It's fine. That's true. I haven't spoiled anything yet, but we're about to get into it. Um so they're sent they're sent back to their hotels to see if maybe the president will make time for them tomorrow. That's their hope. <laughs> um, this is where the movie begins to take a very strange tonal shift because up until this point, everything has been go, 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 go. Like rush through, rush through, rush through. Um but our protagonist when they're like being put on a plane and talking to people quickly. Um that does not compare to this moment when they're sitting in a hotel room and they realize that the president seemingly doesn't prioritize this threat. Everything just comes to like a screeching halt and all the momentum of this movie is lost. Right, hmm. dope. So, now we are all familiar with facing a sort of fear that we're overreacting to something. Gaslighting is a word that has risen in popularity recently. Mm -hmm. More people are realizing that they may have fallen victim to it. Um, The next day, as the two finally sit down with President Janie Orlean, played by Meryl Streep, um, we're hit with a full force of gaslighting (laughs) from the President of the United States. Right. (laughs)
0: <laughs> the gas in they are met
1: with complete <laughs> apathy from both her and her chief of staff, Jason. Um, and this is a, a quote from time magazine that I picked up about this movie. Um, and, and it quotes, uh, it, it quotes Meryl Streep, but it starts with, I hear there's a comet or an asteroid that you don't like the look of, says Orlean, <laughs> who is preoccupied with the upcoming midterms and her most recent Supreme Court nominee, who turns out to have been a former softcore porn star. Um, I can see the inspiration. What, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say too much. But. <laughs> she, asks, she asks our two protagonists, what's the ask here? So, like, what what do you want from me? Like, why, why are you here? What are you trying to get out of me to make this go away? Basically. And Jason, her son, r- responds in moan, I'm so bored. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why this is as Dr. Mindy is trying to explain the science of this asteroid that's coming to kill us all. Um. So they're basically blown off. Rebuffed by the White House, the astronomers take their case to a morning cable show called The Daily Rip, um, which is hosted by uh, Tyler Perry. And um, I need to remember the actress's name. (laughs) Hold on, I'm having a brain blast. What does she look like? Hold on. Brain blast. Hold on, it's Kate Blanchett. I looked back at my notes, I cheated. Um, but th- yeah they they go on this uh, show called The Daily Rip to basically be like hey they didn't listen to us now we're going to tell the world we're going to we're going to leak this information um, but they can't get their message heard through the host's incessant happy talk uh, trying to spin <laughs> everything they're saying into a good thing or into an interesting piece this becomes a uh, a a personal interest piece instead of a critical news uh delivery so the public responds in equal parts denial conspiracy mongering and instant meme making as they declare uh (laughs) they declare jennifer lawrence's character crazy after she basically tells the whole world that they are doomed and going to die she becomes a meme um what like what a perfect (laughs) yeah why does it why does this feel too
2: realistic
1: yeah, isn't it funny how this isn't funny? Yeah, like isn't it crazy how this isn't all. crazy? Yeah. <laughs> oh no. So after telling the whole world that they are doomed and they're going <laughs> to die, they make her a meme and call her crazy, and they say that Dr. Mindy is an uh how do I pronounce this? Iof, I guess is what it is. An A I L F, an astronomer. I'd like to fuck because it's Leonardo DiCaprio. Ah, ah. Uh, the world now knows him as that hot scientist from TV.
2: <laughs> the, 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 yeah, they even forgot the like the cut, the, Who but. told me I'm going to die? Part.
1: Yes, they just thought he was cute, and that's what they're talking about. All right, All right. so. Uh, when Orlean becomes involved in a sex scandal, she finally decides to announce the threat of the uh of the comet and um to divert attention from you know her sex scandal. <clears throat> Crazy. Uh so the nudes the news finally begins <laughs> the to nudes. spread of the, the nudes news <laughs> begin, begin to spread the nudes spread. they do. And the news finally begins to spread that the comet is coming um by the media and She launches this uh, plan to basically launch a spaceship captained by a war hero, because even though they could have done it remote, Orlean says there has to be a hero that everyone can look to and be like, thank you for your sacrifice for dying when crashing into this asteroid. That's what's good for the Poles. Um, So dumb. And she plans to collide with the asteroid to change its direction and save the planet. However... Even though that is a perfectly good answer and response, she cancels the plan mid-flight when a tech billionaire and prominent funder of Orleans discovers that the comet is composed of trillion dollars worth of precious minerals. (laughs) What? (laughs) A tech millionaire steps in and says, I can make money off of this. Don't destroy it.
2: Oh. Oh uh, no! This
1: is too real. <laughs> what's this remind you guys of? Let's <laughs> talk about it. Oh
2: boy! What Jeff, is the what's Jeff the what's Beasley's the name of Scrum, this Scrum, company called fucking space? Why
1: space? SpaceX. Yeah. SpaceX. Yeah.
0: Is it called space? Except it's with the with the money. You sign guys have to. And you guys
1: have to understand. There is this general idea in science that there is no such thing as a. uh rare or a um what's what's the word what's the word that we use for like coal um something that's not replace it's it's not replaceable non-renew there's no such thing as a non-renewable material right um because we are so small and the vastness of space is so large that basically there's just untapped potential out there and this tech mogul who goes by the name Bash and his Bash Industries, um, sees that this is full of these rare Earth elements, um, rare different minerals and metals, and says, hey, what if instead we just drilled the asteroid up into little pieces and then collected them, brought them to Earth, and then we all became rich.
2: We all, meaning me and my five investors the, behind me. And,
1: and also the president <laughs> yeah. and also the chief of staff and anyone else who says this is a bad idea. <laughs> what if we just make them rich? It's
0: not a bad idea. It's not a terrible idea. Uh,
1: can I remind you that this asteroid is the size of Mount Everest?
0: Yes, but if you draw it up into tiny wall pieces, assuming you have enough time to do you so. Don't. Um,
1: At this point, you have three months.
0: Oh no. oh no and by the time those things
1: are built you're gonna have a month actually okay, well, I think by the time those things are built in the movie they had two weeks
2: and, and nobody's done anything
1: yet correct
2: um, I don't like I this movie take me off this wild ride I don't like it
0: <laughs> Silver Star you tried
1: Uh. so shockingly believe it or not this fact of these asteroids being comprised of um rare earth materials or rare metals actually holds up to scrutiny as well Mm -hmm. just like the the nasa uh thing um actually most of this movie is very scientifically accurate Mm -hmm. which is scary um uh, like along with if it's a comet. trajectory and all of those things that they're tracking like it is all it all holds yeah. up uh, but most
2: that's all calculus most
1: meteorites <laughs> upon inspection are made out of precious steels and yeah. metals um and they're very valuable things if i
2: remember right from yep. back in my uh, back in my space classes in college uh okay like most a lot of precious metals that we have on earth are not actually like native to earth it's from asteroids and comets colliding with earth millions and billions of years ago and now we're Mm -hmm. just happening to uncover them correct that's where you
0: get Mm -hmm. your gold not your iron but you know everything beyond iron usually Mm -hmm. comes from asteroids and stuff like that
1: scary so the White House plans to commercially <laughs> exploit the comet by crushing it and reducing its size and recovering the fragments. Um, Hulk smash. Yeah. So Kate and the guy from NASA basically at this point abandoned the operation in protest. They're like, we're not sitting here. We're not helping you anymore. Um, so, so we're like, just going to go live our lives. Outside
2: of like nefarious means, have they gotten people like actually to buy in into their cause yet at all?
1: Nope. Wonderful. Great. Actually, the president has done pretty much everything in her power to tell people... Hey, this meteor or this this comet that's coming, it's gonna be great. We're gonna bring down all these materials from space. We're gonna have the job market improve because we're gonna need workers to come and <laughs> and we're gonna have them mine up the rare materials from these things. More uh, jobs. The economy's gonna boom because of all this influx of money that we're gonna have from the comets. She's like selling this comet like it is the god sent savior of America, and everyone is buying into yeah, it. And of course it's America property to the point where after kate (laughs) put a flag on it after kate abandons this like project to try and save earth she goes home to her parents and her parents say we don't want any political talk of the asteroid here because she's gone famous for saying the asteroid's going to kill them all she says no political talk we're for the jobs that the asteroid brings
2: oh no (laughs) oh no we're
1: for the jobs that the comet provides Oh no. Dabs. They say don't come in this house if you want to talk about the comet. We're for the jobs that the comics provide. Been
2: here. No. <laughs> oh
1: it hurts, it hurts so Guys, it, it
2: could be a good thing.
0: It could be a good thing, you guys. I'm just saying.
1: <laughs> oh God. At the same time, Randall submissively becomes a prominent voice in advocating for the comic's commercial opportunities. Um Uh, goes so far as to go on sesame street with elmo and say (laughs) the comet's great we love the comet here are the reasons why we love the comet oh my god uh at the same time he starts (laughs) an affair with uh the with kate blanchett from um from the Rip Mm -hmm. and begins cheating on his wife uh and just buys completely into the celebrity lifestyle at this point and the world becomes Why wouldn't you? <laughs> ideologically divided between those who demand the total destruction of the comet and those who decry unjustified alarmism isn't this wild guys mm-hmm. isn't this a wild ride that stopped being funny a little i bit can't ago?
2: believe in this universe that's unrealistic that somebody would put money <laughs> over the well-being of the world wow Incredible. So there are. it
1: could be a couple of different things there are actually three right? different sides in this movie there are people who want the comet destroyed mm-hmm. that's one there are people who think the comet's not a big deal that's two and then mm-hmm. there's the third kind of person can you guess just from life who that third person is people want to mine it no that's Make the second money. type
0: oh sorry um they're just kind of in the middle they don't really care either way
2: michael is that wrong Okay, can you say the first <laughs> so two again? Guesses. I lost track because those. Okay, the first one. I was too busy. Bi- I was too busy one, like wallowing in uh, the mm-hmm. despair
1: of the universe. Uh, the first one are people who face. believe that this comet needs to be destroyed. Right. The second one are people who believe this comet is a good thing and it's not as bad as people are making it out to be. Okay, and then the third kind of person.
2: Oh boy, which direction do I go? Um, the comet deniers. Yes. Yep.
1: The people who believe oh. the comet doesn't even exist—it yep. is
0: made up. Can you see it? I can't see it.
1: Hence, the I mean, title of the movie: "Don't look up." Ah, mm. oh boy! Because Just don't. if you look up, you'll see it.
2: <laughs> God, it's, it's like deep, huh? the the fucking video of the flat earthers who like set up like a scientific experiment to prove that the <laughs> like the Earth is flat. And in doing so, they're like, so, oh, they're like oh, shoot, this isn't right. Uh, my experiment's wrong because it's proving the earth is I've never <laughs>
1: seen the follow-up or like the next couple minutes of that video because it always cuts right after they're like, Oh, well, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. That's always where the like clip cuts. I wanna see what they do next if they're like, Well, clearly we did this wrong, or if they're like, Okay, maybe we are wrong. If I remember this. right, I they
2: think that they did it wrong, and so they redo it with the same exact mm-hmm. results and they're just like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What about the ice <laughs> ball, though?
2: <laughs> Nazi Antarctica. It's there. It's... So dumb. <laughs> it's- yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> the Earth is a sphere. Uh, if, you want, <laughs> so- if you want more of
2: a... If you want more action similar to Don't Look Up, please go watch like the fuck the Channel Five. If you want more
1: action similar to Don't Look Up, please go to your local flea market and listen to any vendor talk for more than five minutes.
2: Or just go on Twitter or Facebook. That works too. Or that
1: you can find it. It's out there. So Kate returns home to Michigan and begins a relationship with a boy named Yule, played by Timothy Chalamet. We all love him. (laughs) Yeah um and after june um and that that's the the wife of leonardo dicaprio after she discovers his infidelity uh randall becomes angered and voices his frustration again on the rip the live television show when he's supposed to be on there calming people down and telling them that The comet's not a big deal. He instead has a burst just like Kate did where he's like, no, it's coming and we're all going to die. Being basically (laughs) sick and having his hero journeys complete, I guess, if a hero's journey includes infidelity, Um, which we wish it doesn't and we hope it doesn't. But he basically goes into a rant criticizing Orleans administration for downplaying the impending apocalypse and questioning humanity's indifference before leaving the operation and reconciling with Kate. Oh, we love it when our two main protagonists are back together again. Um, meanwhile, Orleans and uh, the other people uh, on, on board of trying to, you know, mine this for money, uh, mo- most importantly, Bash and his company. They plan to uh, recover the comet's materials. Um, it fails. That plan just completely fails. The uh, the mining uh, rigs that they had sent up start exploding. They collide with the um, with the comet. They collide with each other. Some of them don't make it off the ground. And eventually, they have to come to terms with the fact that their plan is not going to work. Um, and a it leaves them and a group of wealthy Americans to flee to a spaceship designed to find the nearest earth like planet. And that's what they do. They get in a spaceship and they fly off in hopes to find an earth that isn't completely destroyed. Um,
0: that's unfair. It is
1: unfair. <laughs> <laughs> However, they do accidentally leave behind Jason, uh, the son of uh, president Orlean in the process and uh, before leaving orlean offers randall a place on the ship but he turns it down choosing to spend his last moments in the company of kate his family um yule and the scientist teddy from the uh from the orbit the the comet orbit defense team Mm -hmm. who had helped them on their journey to begin with the comet finally hits uh the planet killing everyone um, and the last words that are spoken are by Leonardo DiCaprio, where he looks to his family sitting at this dinner as they all basically pretend the comet's not coming, trying to have one last nice dinner. And he says, we really did have it all, didn't we? As it just hits. And in slow motion, like you see the effects of it start to take and like the windows explode out of the house and they're like flying backwards and they're all like engulfed in flame and smoke. And that's it. That's the movie.
2: I don't like it. I don't like it. Ooh. (laughs) Ooh, I don't like it.
0: (laughs) So there... That's probably... geez, that's probably the closest thing you can have to a nuclear bomb going off is an asteroid hitting the planet. I hate that this
2: movie is made by the same guy who gave us fucking Talladega Nights and the other guys and... God, yep. Damn, it. he had something to say. so wow. So
1: well, th- this this movie did take a hint from Marvel, and they did have a mid credit and an after credit scene that we're going to talk about. Um, in the mid credit scene, uh, it said, set- <laughs> "Can you have the scene <laughs> after the Earth?" Well, is it said twenty two thousand years later, and the presidential ship lands on a lush alien planet. Oh, good for them the passengers wake up from cryogenic sleep uh, and they take a look at the surrounding environments only to be immediately attacked and killed by the planet's wild animals.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So that's a big old fuck you
1: to, you know, the the, uh, people who think they can escape this by going to another planet. Mm -hmm. Tesla. Um, (laughs)
0: Those guys are innocent though Those are like the great 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 (laughs) Grandchildren of those rich people That left earth 22,000 years ago So I don't know if you want to Sins of your father type them But You get what you pay for (laughs) ultimately
1: And At some point in the movie, Jason, who was leading a group of people who were all brandishing hats that said, don't look up, trying to convince people that this comet doesn't exist in the last moments of trying to save his mother's political career, um, we find out in the end credit scene that he actually gets left on the planet and is the last man alive on Earth. Uh, He survives the crash and is now stuck. And in the aftermath, he is documenting on his phone to his now non-existent followers. He says... Yo, it's me, Jason, last man on Earth. We out here. And that's the last line in the show. <laughs> Surrounded by Jeez. debris and fire. That's what he has to say.
0: I mean, you could conceivably survive that, <laughs> I guess. If you were in a nuclear bunker or that's something, like I don't know. It's just like extremely
2: heavy, like, yo, what up, demons? It's me, ya boy. Skinny
1: penis. Yeah. Ya boy. Exactly. <laughs>
2: so
0: i want to just lose it after a couple days wouldn't you there's nobody around to talk to you just like guess i'll go crazy i was thinking about this today and like
1: <laughs> there's no water it's gone nope there's no gone. food unless you can like scavenge for things that are buried under rubble he's dead in two weeks tops <laughs> oh yeah in the worst oh, way yeah, dead um but i let's get past all of that and let's talk about what this movie means why was it made what is it about what do you guys think? Yeah. <laughs> a couple things. I don't know.
2: Ooh. Well,
1: let's talk about it. Uh, first
0: thing that came to my mind was like climate change. Maybe it's not as cataclysmic as an asteroid hitting the planet. I mean,
2: this kind of is just m- more of a slow burn. It's up there.
1: There is a quote mm-hmm. that there's a quote that <laughs> I that I took note of <laughs> that said um, a comet is a gunshot, and global warming is a slow poisoning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they both lead to the same tragic end.
0: Yeah, I guess you're right. Um, it could either be it could either be climate change, or it could be like uh, I don't know the ongoing pandemic that's happening. So there's people that when I first watched it.
1: it, I thought it was about the pandemic, but then Chloe so it, so maybe not so correctly and smartly said it was about climate change. And once I realized, oh shit, you're right, because climate change literally followed the exact same things that Mm -hmm. the ongoing pandemic did, I was like, it is maybe even both. Maybe it's just the flaw of humanity when we're faced with our own death. Yeah.
2: I think I think that's really (laughs) the core of it. I think like it's just like what what is humanity going to do when it's faced with uh, like inevitable death?
1: Exactly, <laughs> but I'm going to just go ahead and go on a little tangent in the mindset that this is about global warming, mm-hmm. because that's what I, that's okay, what I, think. yeah, it's, it's the most apt comparison back you with that so we have we have a a platform and we are currently set up perfectly for me to just spout some information so that's what i'm going to do to get it out there but since the industrial revolution the the global annual temperature has increased in total by a little more than one degree celsius or two degrees fahrenheit each and every like you know couple years uh between 1880 the year that uh accurate record keeping began basically and 1890 it rose on average by 0.7 degrees celsius or 0.13 degrees fahrenheit every 10 years um and it didn't stop but since 1981 the rates increase has been more than doubled so now it's getting hotter faster Um, and for the last 40 years, we've seen the global annual temperature rise by 0.18 degrees Celsius or 0.32 degrees Fahrenheit per decade, which means it's speeding up more and more. The temperature is rapidly increasing. So the result, uh, The planet has never been hotter. Nine of the ten warmest years since 1880 occurred since 2005, and the five warmest years on record have all occurred since 2015. Setting records that we don't like to set. Uh, Climate change deniers have argued that there has been a pause or a slowdown in the rise of global temperatures, but numerous studies, including a 2018 paper published in the journal Environmental Research Letters, have disproven this claim. So don't believe that it's ending because we still have a lot of work to do. Mm -hmm. Um, The impacts of global warming are already harming people around the world. Uh, Now, climate scientists have concluded that we must limit global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius by 2040 um if we are to avoid a future in which everyday life around the world is marked by its worst and most devastating effects and we're talking extreme drought wildfires floods tropical storms and other disasters that we refer to collectively as climate change uh it's huge it's gonna come if we don't do something about it and we gotta start you know um these effects are felt by all people Uh, in one way or another and are experienced most acutely by the underprivileged the economically marginalized and people of color for whom climate change is often a key driver of poverty displacement hunger and social unrest um so you know like i said while a comet is a gunshot global warming is a slow poisoning but they both are going to lead to the same tragic end um so the question is you know like what can we do um And there's actually a a number of things that we can do. First and foremost, you know, just talking about it like we're doing right now, Mm -hmm. just spreading the word of it uh, and making sure that everybody is aware that it's, you know, something that's happening is such an important step. Um, Some other things that we can do, there's, you know, um, like power your home with renewable energy is one. Solar panels are becoming a lot bigger Uh, as time progresses and a lot more people are using solar panels in their houses um, you can weatherize you can build heating and cooling um, because that are that are just like better um, and are more natural that it will cool and heat your house in ways that uh, don't use as much energy as we use because that's one of the uh, biggest uses of energy Um, you can invest in energy efficient appliances what'd you say
0: Insulate your house too, because yeah, you can have a great heating and cooling system, but if it all goes out the window, it's all for
1: nothing. Yep, that's important. <laughs> you can invest in energy efficient appliances, um, just ones that you know don't burn as much power. Reduce your water waste. Don't take you know hour long showers every single day of the week. I get if you have to take it every once in a while, we've all been there. Mm-hmm. But try not to use too much water. Um, actually, eat the <laughs> food. Take one after
0: the podcast.
1: <laughs> actually, eat the food that you buy. yo' because the more you eat the less waste there is that we have to work through don't waste (laughs) like your mom taught you that if you're gonna open it eat it that was a rule of my house don't waste food it's simple as that buy better bulbs leds they're you know they're gonna save you money over the long run and they're gonna save the 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 world over the long run um you can unplug devices when they're not being used because those even if it is a small amount of power still drain power and thus waste these materials that are burning and causing global warming you can drive fuel efficient vehicles Tesla you know they they're bad but also their cars are energy efficient (laughs) and they look cool and there are way better (laughs) options for green driving and for smart driving better than Tesla I mean you know green electric cars are not a new thing Mm -hmm. don't don't let Tesla trick you into thinking that they are there are a lot of options out there if you want to go green with your you know transportation you can maintain your car uh did you know that that helps with global warming because it does because if all americans kept their tires properly inflated we could save 1.2 billion gallons of gas each year fun fact Check check your tires um you can choose to live a kind of walkable smart growth city instead of like out in rural countries because if everything's right there for you, you're not burning energy trying to, you know, travel to things and make your life easier that way. Um, and then finally just, you know, shrink your carbon profile. You can offset the carbon you produce by purchasing carbon offsets, which um, represent clean power that you can add to the nation's energy grid and place a power in place of power of fossil fuels, but not all carbon offset companies are alike so make sure that you do your homework and you find the best supplier it's not hope that what i'm saying is it's not hopeless there are things we can do to still save the planet Mm -hmm. we don't have to live in a world where we deny it happens or say it's not happening or say it's not as big of a deal as we're making it because we're talking about our future and even if we're not going to be around to do it we shouldn't push the buck onto somebody else especially we shouldn't push it to the point where it's too late Um, so now it's time to, you know, wake up, fix our planet, and last but not least, entertain this. Ooh, nice. Hey, Michael, I hope you're ready to talk some more because now we're throwing it over to you for our quick this this week.
2: Woo! All right. Hey, guys, what's up? Get a timer ready. <laughs>
1: Officer Michael's
2: here to talk to
0: us about the
1: <laughs> D, I don't do drugs. A, won't have an attitude. R, right, I will respect myself. E, I will educate me. <laughs> Jeez. been a while, huh? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now it's like, well, I probably won't try math. Yeah. <laughs> D, I won't do meth.
2: <laughs> A, I will adjust the drugs I do. Yeah. They need to just change up the program. <laughs> only do the cool cool drugs, kids.
1: Or I'll only smoke refer. B, <laughs> e, I will educate people on how good it is. E is for ethanol. <laughs> Fun in your cars, not in your mouth. That's the only cool drug.
2: <laughs> all right yeah someone what get a timer <laughs> i need i need Sorry. someone to babysit me all right hey you ready you tell me when to oh, go i'm ready freddie three two one, one all right cool go. so last week yesterday i had the pleasure of getting to speak about uh uh a uh, a series called Arcane, which takes place in the, the world wide web of League of Legends. Um, and that really got my brain kicking down the road. And I I thought and mentioned in the last episode a game very similar to League of Legends that I feel like has not gotten enough attention for what it is. Um, and it is a game called Smite. Uh, Smite is a MOBA. Oh. Uh, which this is the term we were looking for, Nick, last week. MOBA, Multiplayer Online Battle Arena is what it stands for. Yeah. Oh, makes so much more sense. Take a lot of the descriptions from what I had for League of Legends last week and put that in a little bit of a different perspective. So we got Smite. Smite is a game by High Res Studios. It is instead of you having champions or heroes or these like original characters that you put into the setting what the team at smite did instead was is they borrowed their characters from classical mythologies in different pantheons from across the world Uh, and those are the characters that you play as throughout this entire game you still follow the same sort of general roles you've got like top lane bottom lane middle lane jungler and like all that fun jazz that most people who listen to this probably don't know. Uh, Basically, you got characters who do different stuff uh, and they've got different jobs. That seems all that same sort of stuff is happening in Smite. The biggest difference is, is that in League of Legends where you've got the same sort of perspective that's like top down, like you're playing Age of Empires or Starcraft or something like that. In Smite, every character is played from a third person, uh, so you have the same like sort of you get like a very different camera over the back of the head sort of perspective on things. And that makes like a that. huge difference in the gameplay, because instead of it, instead of like a game like League of Legends, where a lot of the times it can feel like cookie clicker or like, I don't know, just clicker heroes. I loved cookie <laughs> clicker. So can I just say <laughs> it's way too it addictive. really is I got it. <laughs> I to, like, such a stop. simple concept. But so instead of gameplay closer <laughs> to that every single auto attack, like any time that you're trying to even attack a minion, you have to aim it manually. You have to it requires so much more like mental cognition and like decision making at just doing the most basic things where even like you can't just be good at clicking and decision making. You have to be good at both of those things as well as the typical mechanics that you'd have in a regular multiplayer game. Um And it just it takes that just that simple change in the formula does so much to make the game so much more interesting, in my opinion. You take that along with for someone like me or like Nick or Alex, where we're big like history buffs and people who like love thinking about like old pantheons like we've talked about, like King Arthur and like Arthurian legend. You can play as King Arthur or Merlin as a hero in this they've kind of like changed a little bit so it's not just like pantheons it's like also some historical figures. last
1: week i talked about heracles and his minions yeah his, his little, little buff toddlers, baby toddlers. Yeah. buff toddler minions you can be hercules uh, put that put that in smite i want to see him with the buff toddler minions Yes, yeah, yeah yeah you can do that yeah he's already in there um what? Yeah,
2: him is Papa Zeus. You got people <laughs> all the way from like it, it, the the greatest thing about it is is there's so many different past cultures and religions that you get exposed to through this game. Like I didn't know anything about like Aztec or Mayan uh, gods, but you get to play as certain figures in that. And one of the coolest things about it is if you actually do know some of these characters. Every single one of their abilities is derived from their mythos. So you have like Zeus who all of his shit is around throwing lightning bolts and creating chain lightning. You've got Poseidon (laughs) who can summon a giant fuck all Kraken uh, to just blow up the entire map. Uh, And Mm -hmm. going into Mm -hmm. there, it's like you got really obscure characters or gods like Janus. He is a uh he's basically like a greek god of like portals or doorways and so one thing that he can do is is he can open up doorways in the obstacles of the map and he can travel through
1: them and so there's all those old gods of like uh back in the day before like we had medicine that could cure people and they had like a god of syphilis
2: i think technically (laughs) technically there is like gods from that time there's gods from like babylon like you can be uh, like like tiamat so like some roman stuff you like said tiamat syphilis. yeah
1: back in the day <laughs> it's got be they roman. were like hey you have syphilis we don't know how to cure that it's probably because you didn't pray to the syphilis god yeah. enough so they're punishing you and that's like an actual thing that you said yeah think. like
2: have you have from you Saturn. ever heard about the story of gilgamesh from ancient babylon yeah. you can be gilgamesh
1: it's the oldest known story yeah. but anyways
2: gilgi smite's cool it's dope as hell it takes what a lot of people would consider some of the most popular games on Earth flips it on its head, but just by making some of the most simple changes and makes the entire genre feel so much more fresh and interesting. Check it out, y'all. It's great.
1: We should do an episode on Gilgamesh, considering we're trying to encapsulate all things entertainment and it was the first entertainment ever <laughs> documented. Yeah, One yeah, of
0: yeah. the earliest, yes.
1: That feels like a Nick episode. So, Nick, that's on you. You got to figure yeah. that out.
0: Thanks for this. <laughs> I fully expect Thanks, a 20-page assholes. book
2: report on the epic of Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh.
0: <laughs> or as his friends called him, Gilgi. <laughs> See,
1: you're your yeah, you
2: friend. Know. You can figure it out.
1: Hey, sorry told. if we sent you into existential <laughs> dread with this episode, but I hope that we filled you with hope with some fun facts afterwards, and remember, if we all die, there's always the gods to save us. Like Gilgamesh, <laughs> or Thor, or Cthulhu okay. or Heracles and his uh, buff Ooh, toddler minions. That's something that we can all hold out hope for. But in the meantime, HP Lovecraft. if there's anything that we haven't covered on this show, or if you just want to reach out and say hello, you can email us at at our email, it is entertainthispodcast at gmail.com. Or you can go to our website, www.entertainthis.net. Scroll all the way to the bottom. There's a little questionnaire that you can fill out. Go straight to our inbox. Super simple way of getting in contact with us. There are also a couple social medias that you can follow if you just want to see updates about the show. Uh, first of all, we have our Twitter. We are entertain underscore this. And on Instagram, we are entertainthispodcast. You can find our Facebook page. We are podcast entertainthis. Throw us a like on all those. And, hey, we'll throw you a like on something, too, probably. Uh, until next time, entertain us so we can entertain you, and you can entertain this. We'll see you guys next Friday. Bye! Bye. Adios. Goodbye. Bye.
0: This episode of Entertain This was written by Alex Steele, with additional commentary from Nick West and Michael Savoya. Our showrunner and resident fact-checker is Chloe Bryce. Our theme music is Rushable by Aaron Spencer with interstitial music by DJW. Tune in every Friday for new episodes, and thanks for listening.